I'm greeting people at the door each Sunday. As they walk to the cabinet to search for their name tag, I often, probably too often, say something like, have you found yourself? (laughs) That's what we're here for, after all. Finding ourselves. Jewish theologian Martin Buber recounts a story from the Hasidic tradition told by Rabbi Hanak about a rather absent-minded man. When he got up in the morning, it was so hard for him to find his clothes that at night he almost hesitated to go to bed for thinking of the trouble he would have on waking. One evening, he finally made a great effort, took paper and pencil, and as he undressed, noted down exactly where he put everything he had on. The next morning, very well pleased with himself, he took the slip of paper in his hand and read, Cap. There it was. He set it on his head. Pants. There they lay. He got into them. And so it went until he was fully dressed. That's all very well, but now where am I myself? He asked in great consternation. Where in the world am I? He looked and looked, but it was a vain search. He could not find himself. And that's how it is with us, said the rabbi. We can sometimes get all the pieces of life together and lose track of the person who is living it. Where in the world am I? There was a time in this culture, and I think it probably persists in some circles, when the phrase, finding myself, was synonymous with the spiritual journey, an exploration focused on discovering whatever meaning life held and one's own relationship to it. Beginning perhaps in the 1950s and stretching through the 60s and 70s, it often referred to an alternative direction for young people to take, from the societally approved track of get a good job, settle down, get married, raise a family. No, man, I need to go find myself. And older people, too, in that cultural moment who may have initially followed a path that others had laid for them, seized opportunities to break out of a conventional mold, to embark on a journey to find themselves. But what does that journey consist of? What is my experience of this thing I call self? What does it mean, and I think the phrase still holds meaning, to find myself? How do we weed through the many messages we receive all the time about who we are and who we should be to find something useful, something life-giving, something true? I think it's hugely important because as a Unitarian Universalist, I accept that we are all connected in the interdependent web of all existence. And in that sense, I can think of each of our lives, our identities as simply different locations along that web. And I am assured of not only the inherent worth and dignity of every person, but of the utterly irreplaceable, unrepeatable uniqueness of every person, every location on that web. A saying 
misattributed to Margaret Mead all over the web. The actual source seems to be in doubt, but the saying comes to mind. Always remember that you are completely unique, just like everyone else. (laughs) Now, it sounds funny, but it makes perfect sense, really. And still, it can be a challenge to express that uniqueness. It can be easy to fall into the trap of trying to be unique just like everyone else, in the same way as everyone else. Steve Wyman sent me some lyrics to an Austin Lounge Lizard song entitled Big Texas Girl, which includes this line. All her friends in school were nonconformists, so she became a nonconformist too. <laughs> I love that. You see, along with my des- desire to discover who I am, there is another just as strong, if not stronger, for evolutionary reasons, desire to fit in. Neither of these are bad nor wrong, neither of these are to be denied or dismissed, but I do need to be aware of them, aware that they are both operative within me and that sometimes they may be at cross purposes and that then, if I am aware, I can at least make a decision about which takes a priority and I may just learn a little more about myself in the process. Because if I don't bring these explicitly to my awareness, if I allow them to simply percolate in my subconscious, I can become confused about my own motivations. And further, these desires can be manipulated by other forces. (laughs) That sounds ominous, doesn't it? Let me try and explain. One of the reasons I have trouble with formulations like You can believe whatever you want, or you can be whatever you want to be, is that they focus our identities around what we want. But what I want is a moving target, unreliable as a defining factor, and extremely vulnerable to manipulation. We live in a consumer culture. The multi-billion dollar advertising industry is built upon convincing us that we want things we never knew we wanted. And it is a highly adaptive industry with rapid response to changing attitudes, trends, and perceived needs. You want to simplify your life, you say? Here are the subscriptions you need, the products you can't do without, and the devices that will help you to bring simplicity into every moment. You want to find yourself? Here are the books you need to read, the seminars you need to experience, and the trips you need to take to gather with others who are finding themselves. You want to express your unique self? We've got just the thing. Wouldn't you like to express your uniqueness the way that you see the people on this website or in this ad or in this video expressing theirs? And people who are unique tend to drink, eat, see, share these particular things, just saying. (laughs) You see, the advertising industry is okay with catering to both my need to express myself and my need to fit in at the same time. 
And I'm not saying that there aren't valuable things that are offered through advertising. We are looking for ways to effectively advertise our congregation, after all. We feel that we have something valuable to offer to the wider community and to individuals that may never have heard about us. It's not that there's anything wrong with advertising, though we can talk about the corrosive effects of a consumer culture at another time. (laughs) I'm just saying that we need to be realistic about the culture that we live in that we are continuously urged to get what we don't have, to go where we have not been, to see what we have not seen, to do what we have not done, to want. So to use what I want as some kind of indicator for who I am or some kind of measure of my worth as a person is missing out on the real gifts that I may have to offer right here and right now. Our wants are most likely disappointingly similar. (laughs) The expressions of love that can come through each person are strikingly unique. As wonderful as it sounds, to be anything I want to be does not in any way help me understand the particular qualities and limitations of the I who is doing the wanting. I could end up being what I want to be and still have not found a way to share myself with the people around me and the world in which I live. Indeed, I may still not ever have discovered who that person is, that person I call myself. Like the man in the rabbi's story, I may say this is all very well, but now where am I? Where in the world am I? Or as David Byrne of the Talking Heads sings in Once in a Lifetime, well, how did I get here? But how then do we find out who we are? How do I distinguish what is truly myself as opposed to the me that is struggling my best to live up to the expectations of others or my assumptions about the expectations of others? Outside of pointing to the name tag cabinet. Does your minister have anything helpful to share about finding out who you are? Alas, as with many questions I raise from this pulpit, I have no definitive answers. The bad news and the good news is that there is no one-size-fits-all map to finding ourselves. Whatever way you find to truly listen to what is going on within you, whether in solitude or in relationship with others, in daily routines or in unfamiliar circumstances, in reflection upon deeply held values and in the midst of new revelations, whatever way you find to pay attention is a way in. I can only suggest we approach the process with open minds and open hearts and welcome whatever surprises may arise to bring some sacred flexibility to the exploration. Imagining that we can land on a single fixed understanding of ourselves consistent across time and situations may be an illusion that we can happily rid ourselves of along the way. 
imagining that being real or being myself will look the same in every context may be unnecessarily constricting. I'm reminded of Jamie sharing last week in a month of Sundays that while the way she tells her story has changed over time, those earlier versions are no less true, just viewed from a different perspective. I'm reminded of the reading from the novel that suggests maybe we have not just one, but many true selves. I'm reminded of Walt Whitman writing in Song of Myself, I am large, I contain multitudes. I am reminded of Cat Stevens singing in the song Mark played just before the sermon. Well, if you want to sing out, sing out. And if you want to be free, be free. Because there's a million things to be. You know that there are. Now there's no doubt we can sometimes hide our true selves as we strive to meet others' expectations. That we can lose touch with ourselves in trying to be like someone else or trying to act the way that we think they think we should. But it is also true that we can be ourselves in a variety of ways. And the only way we can tell the difference is to judge if we are acting with that elusive thing we call integrity. If we are acting in accord with our values. If we are, as far as we can tell, being honest with ourselves about ourselves. There is no single rule or way to be ourselves. Sometimes fitting in is the preferred option. Sometimes For some people, hiding a truth about oneself, passing, is a matter of survival. As we work toward a world where that will not need to be the case for anyone, we recognize that that vision has not yet been realized. And so we practice making this a community of welcoming you as you are. In the words of Rebecca Edmiston Lang, Here you need not hide, nor pretend, nor be anything other than who you are and who you are called to be. That's what we're here for, after all, finding ourselves. Not in a selfish or self-absorbed or self-obsessed way, but as Martin Buber writes, each person must find their own self Not the trivial ego of the egotistic individual, but the deeper self of the person living in relationship with the world. Our mission is to deepen connections. We not only invite you to find yourself, we need you to do that. We all need each of us To do that, the world needs you not to be anything you want to be, but to do you. Because no one else can do the utterly irreplaceable, unrepeatable you. And because each of us brings a light of love to this world, and that light, that spirit of life is uniquely expressed through the prism of your being when you do you. Another verse of the Cat Stevens song says, if you want to say yes, say yes. 
We will now sing a song of many yeses together. 